0: Welcome to the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman. Unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Ian interviews some of the brightest minds who share proven methods to help you achieve success and grow revenue with integrity. Every episode concludes with a quick recap of actionable steps you can take to deliver tangible, immediate results for your business. Now, here's your host, Ian Altman.
1: It's Ian Altman. On this episode of the Grow My Revenue Business Cast, I'm joined by the CEO of BrightClaim, Howard Rogers. Now, you may not have heard of BrightClaim. This is a company that in the last year has grown over 55%, and they started at already tens of millions of dollars. So this become a pretty good-sized company. We'll talk about how he jumped that growth from around a 10% level to over 55% in just a year, how he thinks about uncovering new opportunities that can open up new business segments all driven by your customers, the myth of hiring only A players, and how to think about outside expertise that could help you accelerate growth for your business. You'll get a wealth of knowledge from Howard. Without further ado, here's my interview with Howard Rogers. So, Howard welcome to the show
0: hey thanks Ian
1: so give, give give our listeners a little bit of background on bright claim and kind of how you got to where you're at today or at least how it started
0: Sure I'd be glad to um, you know we're in the uh, we're in the services industry we provide services to uh, property and casualty insurance industry and um, our, our approach was really trying to find a niche that helped uh, insurance carriers, uh, in their effort, they, uh, as most uh, businesses today, they they uh, need help and providing resources, and they don't staff at 100% capacity, so they're looking for companies like us to help augment their capabilities. Uh, so our approach was really coming in and finding ways to help mostly medium-sized to smaller insurance carriers. Uh, that was our uh, approach back in when we started 11 years ago. Uh, along the way, obviously, you're going to go and talk to the, the very largest of clients, but the uh, cycle time to get that client on board sometimes is quite extensive and uh, probably not a a good strategy from a very small startup company.
1: I know that when you started, obviously, just tell people a little bit about the journey in terms of where you started and even kind of the evolution, because... I think, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't necessarily appreciate the evolution from startup through different phases in the business. So if you can talk a little bit about that, I think that'll be really helpful for people.
0: Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think when you start, you really don't grasp what you're going to have to go through the journey. You can read a lot of books. You can talk to a lot of people. But I, I, I think that only skims the surface of preparing you. Um, uh, for me and for the company, uh, we, we had some good relationships Uh, with potential clients uh, that that's a that's the best way to start that's no guarantee you're going to get the business Uh, our focus was was starting with those relationships and trying to build upon it and so when you start out you're you're just you've got a lot of cost and you're trying to grow your your business and you're adapting you're adapting to what your clients asking you to provide I think that's really, uh, especially in a service arena, but I think it applies broader than that. But especially in a service business, you're trying to provide to that client specifically what it is that they, they have needs for, and you're much more adaptive in that in that environment. Um, and so you grow upon that. And so what you start with in terms of the nucleus of your idea is going to morph over time because your clients are going to help you morph, and they're going to they're going to say, "Well, I, I need this." And you may be collaborative in your approach towards what you're trying to help them accomplish. And it may be that they will then change what it is that they're looking for. And, and the win-win is on the other side of that. You're providing a better service to them that they value. And in return, you've now developed maybe something that might be more appealing in the marketplace.
1: Yep. So give me some examples, because I know that you started this focused on this idea of just serving the people in the property casualty insurance side. And now, obviously, you deal with people that have claims in a variety of different markets and not necessarily insurance companies when you're helping. Um, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got home improvement type um, clients. I mean, talk about that a little bit.
0: Sure. Well, if you're, if you're working in the PNC insurance industry, basically they insure autos and homes. Our focus was more in the homes because we felt there was a greater need there. And if you're dealing with homes and you're dealing with buildings, you're dealing with building products, uh, you have a lot of knowledge and expertise that, that, Carries on into other industries. For example, building product manufacturers, uh, they have they have needs as well. They they manufacture products yep. that go into the homes, and these products may have issues. They could have defects. Uh, they could be that they were installed correctly, and someone needs to b- verify that. Uh, also, uh, you know, building building construction uh, insurance carriers probably are the largest. Uh, they have the largest amount of construction projects in the world in terms of dollars that they spend, but they they don't engage for that. The actual uh, policyholder is the one that engages. So they're paying for a lot of construction, but they're not really buying. They're not the purchaser. Yeah. But in, in today's world, if we have an auto accident, for example, we don't think twice about going down and being directed by the insurance carrier to take it to a shop and having those direct repairs completed. Mm-hmm. We're taking that same approach on the homeowner side. Many homeowners today don't know who they're going to call when they have an issue, whether they have a water damage claim or they have a roof claim. Uh, so they need help in terms of uh, getting those repairs just like they would with their auto. Yep. So, so we've partnered up with, uh, you know, with a national big box retailer to help bring a solution to the uh, PNC insurance industry along that same approach that we all come to expect today in the auto side. Sure. Sure. And that way,
1: that way the consumer just gets kind of a one-stop shop. But keep in mind, that's not something that was ever really offered in your industry. That's correct. You know, you, you innovated that and you did it by talking to your clients and talking to their clients and realizing what people needed. And you said, wait a minute, we can fill a void here. And obviously that's led to some good growth for you. That's correct. Take people kind of on a little bit of a growth journey to understand where you started and then how you've grown and and almost more importantly, what's changed and what are you doing differently and how that's impacting the growth rate?
0: Sure. You know, in the early days, the the core group of us that started the company, we all had relationships. You you leverage off those relationships. There's a limit to how far and how many relationships you have. Uh, Your growth is gonna come organically. Um, and you're going to he- reach certain thresholds where you're going to have to you're going to spend more dollars and invest in that growth to get more revenue because that's the only way you're you're going to get beyond the initial crunch of what you're trying to accomplish. So you've got to really focus on on your sales, and that's that's critically important. And you you can't spend everything on sales, but you've got to have an, a you know a a, a measured step in terms of your sales growth, and that means bringing in additional resources. And those resources may or may not understand your philosophy. They may or may not have the sales attributes that you know pro- they probably need to be successful. You're you're not going to get 100% A players because the world does not work that way. <laughs> we always think we always think they're going to be A players when we're interviewing them, though, don't we? <laughs> So so if you go down that path and you, you think you've got you're only going to get a players you're going to be, you're, you're going to be uh, sadly disappointed later down the road uh, but but regardless of that, you've made an investment and so as much time as you might think you've spent and as much diagnostics as you've gone through to, to, to find that those those best individuals, you're going to have to spend time on educating them you're going to spend time on training them you're going to, have to you're going to, have to let them understand the culture of the organization that you've created and how to approach the client in the same way that you're, it's not osmosis. It's not, they're not going to get it through osmosis. Um, so you're going to have to go through some steps. And more than likely, you're not going to be able to do all of this yourself. You're going to need to find someone that has the background or the training or the expertise to help you Acclimate um, a sales team to to achieving more, and um, so so that's how we started. We started with individuals we knew; uh, they had the background, they had the technical expertise, but you didn't know how well they were going to be able to sell. Um, And so you 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 acclimate them to your culture, and you try to really go in and be a a, a, you know provide solutions and be uh, collaborative almost consultative in your sales process, but some people don't get that. Yeah. Some sales individuals, you know, they want to walk in and they want to start telling you what they're going to sell instead of saying, well, what do you need? In your
1: experience, I mean, when you've, because obviously you've had people and you've you've grown a pretty good clip. So I'm sure you've had experience with, with the person who wants to go in and just pitch stuff instead of seeking where the client has challenges. So when, when you had people who were taking that approach, what did it do to sales cycles? What did it do to productivity? How did it impact the business?
0: Uh, well, it, it presented challenges. Um, you know, there is some success that can come out of that, but there's a limitation there. And you start, you start to recognize it. And, uh, and you'll recognize those individuals that are, are following a kind of a set pattern that's, that's not a good pattern, and then you'll recognize those that are, are taking a better approach, and 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 so now you're 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 kind of at a crossroads. You you have to decide, okay, and what am I going to continue to invest in this individual? And is this a training situation? Is this something we can help them improve upon, or, or are we just not we're going to, have to make another change with the type of people that we have? Um, that 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 becomes because. When you have one or two people doing this, it's one thing, but when you start to increase to four or five, start adding to that, then now you've you've increased your you know, your your personnel that are focused on this. And and every time you start to add more people, you're multiplying basically either the potential or the problem that you have <laughs> on that front.
1: And so, historically, what sort of what sort of growth rate did you see historically before you took this approach? And I know, I mean, I, I had the honor of uh, of coming and working with your team, and there's a great group of people who are highly engaged. But you know, over over the years, what sort of growth rate typically did you see? And you know, and kind of what have you seen more recently? I just I'm just trying to get a sense of kind of the evolution of all that.
0: Sure. Well, we uh, we've probably for the last eight eight years, uh, give or take. We would see on on average somewhere between a a 10 to 20%. Some years it might get up to 20%, some years it's 10%. Some years it was, it it wasn't quite 10%. Yep. Um, And we knew we had a variety of individuals, some that fell in the classification of those that, that wanted to walk in and have a, a suite of products to sell and services and spend it, spend our time that way and and so we, we were running up against how we, were gonna, how we were gonna get over this hurdle. A couple of years ago during a conference that I was at that I ran into Ian uh, that was giving a presentation and he started discussing his approach and I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's the same approach that I like to use. And he was talking about trying to bring this to other organizations and how you, how you bring this to your sales force. And of which I haven't been very successful of because I couldn't get them to understand this approach. And uh, our dialogue led to uh, uh, us creating an opportunity for Ian to come in and actually spend some training time with our sales team. And uh, I knew we'd have some some detractors. We'd have some that would say, oh, this is not going to work. Um. And and I and that's just based on historically, you know, anytime you try to come in and make some changes, some of the sales people say, "Oh, this is great," and some are going to say, "This is not good at all." Um, so we went through a process to take them down this path of understanding how to understand and relate to a, a collaborative um, kind of a, a selling approach. I think Ian calls it same side selling. Uh, I say it's, it's it's getting more on the side of understanding your client better. Sure. And the first year the first year after going through this process, we increased our our sales by about fifty five percent in revenue, yep over this year and and you know it, it that was a substantial that's a substantial increase well, you know and as much
1: as I like to take credit for it, what I will tell you is there there are many companies that I can share ideas with, and if they don't implement them, it doesn't matter if they don't if they don't from the top down make sure that people are reinforcing these skills and that they're measured by how well they they follow these things. It doesn't work. So uh, I I think it's, you know, obviously you've got a mature business. And, And when we say, when we say you've grown 55%, just to make sure that people understand, we're not talking about growing from like, you know, a half million dollars to a little over a million dollars. I mean, give people kind of rough orders of magnitude of what we're talking about.
0: What's, what's tens of millions. Um, We've uh, we're we're a company that we're not we're not in the hundred million range, but we're well, we're we're probably more closer in between the the forty to forty to eighty million. Yep. And, and so you know that's a that's a significant increase, and I, I really believe that we've you know looking forward, uh, these things do take time in terms of the planting the seeds and letting things grow. Uh, we're looking into 2016 being potentially a year that grows even bigger than that. Yeah, which is
1: fantastic. And
0: the thing that the thing that's most
1: refreshing about your organization and I'm curious how you tap into this or if it just kind of happened this way is I know that one of one of your top producers was the biggest skeptic. And of course shortly thereafter all of a sudden said, "Wait a minute, this is the way I'm going to start selling now" and kind of changed his tune and changed the way he sold with even more dramatic results. So how do you, how do you get people to have that level of
0: receptivity? To new ideas. Well, it was an open environment. You, you may not realize I, was, I might say this, Ian, but I, I give a lot of credit to you because you're you're bringing in you disarm people when they come in, and and what you're what you're talking about is something relative, relatively very simplistic in nature, um, and people that understand it get it really quickly. You're gonna be open and honest and have a collaborative discussion, and through the course of that, you know, hopefully on the other side. Someone has an interest in what you 're talking about, and that's really you know fundamentally what it what it boils down to when you give this type of of information to an a player, they want to win so when you give them additional uh, skill sets and tools and things that they can use to improve, you bet they're going to grab a hold of it i remember we were working with your team and and a couple of your top guys
1: had a call that they were going to be breaking out from the meeting. They said, look, you know, we need to step out for a half hour. And we kind of role-played the call in advance, and they used the concepts they had learned, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes before the call on the call, which, candidly, only an A player can do because the B or C player would need more time practicing and rehearsing. And it was the great thing because they came back into the room, and, and I just, like, almost with trepidation said, so how did it go? And he says, oh, man, it was awesome. (laughs) They were so thankful we were asking those questions. That's exactly right. And I I think that went a long way because, I mean, we got lucky that they happened to have a call. It went really well. And I think that probably helped get buy-in from the rest of the group as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, it probably accelerated that process a little bit more. So, I mean, I always try to tell people look, you know, don't, don't necessarily just listen to Howard because you may not grow 50 plus percent in a year and by tens of millions of dollars. You, it may take you a little, little while to ramp up to that. It's always fun for me to see organizations that are seeing, that are realizing that growth and hopefully feel like they're getting more done with the same effort, not necessarily driving themselves in the ground and just, you know, smiling and dialing, but very targeted
0: in their growth. Right. Well, it's it's a process. I mean, you, if you understand the concept, it's just a process. And what you said earlier, uh, you've got to uh, spend time uh, going back over the process. You got to, you know, have your team get together and, and interact with each other to talk about what's working and not what's not working. Um, so it's it's a it's a growth experience. Um, some people grasp it really well and can. The A players can really turn it up with tools, another another tool in their toolbox, or many tools in their toolbox, um, and, and it's a it's an ongoing ongoing process. Um, but but it also you know, in as you know uh, that that led into um, you know other dialogue and other discussions that had had peripheral uh, approaches to what we were doing, both on the on the content side, on the marketing side, that that we had been wanting to tie those pieces together, and was just um, really needed that that first nucleus of, here's what we gotta do with the sales group first before we could get to that next level. How
1: have you taken the approach of marketing? And I know that obviously you, uh, you you came to our remarkable growth experience. You spent some time with Marcus Sheridan, who I think is really the guy when it comes to this content marketing. but how has your approach to content and marketing changed over the last year or two?
0: Right, well, obviously as everybody knows it spends any time on the web, but they immediately understand the the consumer aspect of how the web web has changed everything, but a lot of people don't grasp how that really has impacted everything that we do. We, We were starting to see some of it from a service arena and And we were really uh, grasping at what the next steps should be. And uh, going through the sales cycle uh, that we did with you kind of kind of germinated, hey, there, we really can start to tie some of this back together. so So when we had the opportunity to sit down uh, with marcus and and you and 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 Joey and go through a whole different other process, I brought some additional people that were focused more on the marketing. We're on changing our website. We were we were going through a web refresh. um, Had some young people that were really involved in the web part, but we needed some direction, and uh, uh, we were able to go through that and really start pulling the the pieces together that made sense because the marketing and sales go hand in hand in what you're trying to accomplish, and they've got to feed off of each other. And it really gave us, you know, I guess, really confidence because. We, we knew what we wanted to do, but we weren't sure that was the right approach. And so it gives a confidence level that we could go in here and we could make these changes to our website. We could put this information out there that we had uh, individuals like Marcus that was showing us, yes, this did work. So what type of content have
1: you put out there that's kind of attracting the right clients to you?
0: We went from a partially active website to a very active website. We were pushing information out there, technical information blogs, white papers, case studies. We're putting videos out there about uh, how-to videos. Our next phase is we're putting a whole training center out there. Some of the training is internal that you're going to get to if you're uh, an employee or a client. Others, external training that we don't mind. You know, they're outside partners that work with us. We don't mind if anybody sees the training. So it's it's helping you understand what it is we do, how well we do it, uh, it, we, we're, not, we're not worried about it, it, if a competitor goes and sees it, that's fine. If We're really focused on our clients to let our clients see that we do have the knowledge base, we have the expertise, and the abilities to come in and, and give them uh, information that may be beneficial for them, because uh, it's not just about the services, it's about our abilities and knowledge about the services that we're going to deliver, and we feel like that, that pushing this information out On our website is one way that people see, hey, these these guys really do know what they're doing. These guys really have information. It's valuable to me. I want to come back. I want to see it. Uh, And, oh, by the way, you know, maybe as a result of that, they say, you know, uh, I'd like to talk to these guys about providing some services to my company.
1: I'm glad that you mentioned this idea about you don't really care if your competitors see it the biggest resistance that a lot of businesses have is well if I put that up there then my competitor might see it and guess what your competitor already knows what you're doing it's not a big secret and the problem is that when you prevent your competitor from seeing it you also prevent your potential customer from seeing it and that's even more catastrophic um, it's it's always that joke of well you know what if our competitor sees it well what if your customer doesn't like it's you
0: know, exactly, so
1: it's it's the same thing. Um, getting there. So, what's like the biggest challenge that maybe you faced in your business that became a lesson for you that shapes how you make business decisions today?
0: Well, it's not to lose sight that that there are, there are multiple channels by which you can engage with uh, clients today. Um, the everything with the smartphone technology, the web. Uh, those things have changed and added a new dynamic to the way we need to approach uh, not only sales but our efforts collaborative across all of that and and being able to tie it all back together and yep. and become a tool, a tool a tool for the sales uh, individuals that are out there, whether they're whether they're actively pursuing sales or whether they're selling, as a, as a marketing rep from, from a desk, because that can, that has uh, importance and can be successful too. And tying all of those together back to your content. And I think the biggest challenge is being able to, first of all, understand that. And secondly, being able to continue to be adaptive to the ever changing environment that we're out there today. And and it's, it's changing radically. We, we just went through a change uh, using a technology that, uh, uh, basically it puts a video feed in the field with with our uh, with our field resources and um, that's that's very different uh, you'll start to see some of that also on our website talking about how we use these tools so so just being open to to all of those changes and being able to communicate it out to um, potential clients and customers
1: that 's great. I guarantee there are people listening right now thinking. Wow. So this guy grew his business over 50% in a year, and we're talking about tens of millions of dollars. So if you had one piece of advice to share with listeners on how to kind of replicate that type of growth, what would it be? What should they focus on?
0: Well, I think, I think the biggest thing is you're going to come to a critical juncture about sales, and you're going to come to a critical juncture about how sales connects to uh, content, marketing, web. And you're going to need uh, expertise, you're going to need guidance and to seek that out because, uh, it's, it's invaluable in making sure that you're able to bring the sales team, uh, to the next level. And, uh, I, I don't think it's something you can just inherently do alone and be successful at. Uh, you can get so much more, uh, for your buck by investing in getting, getting the outside training and getting the, uh, uh, a different perspective and it's not it 's not just a one one time thing either it's, it's its a perpetual process of 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 uh, education and and training and and really understanding how you can do better than what you've done in the past
1: it's very well said it's one of the things i often say I'll, I'll get someone who's an experienced salesperson they say you know you know i've been to a lot of different training programs and different seen different systems, so I probably know all this stuff and I always get the same response say, wow, you know what? You're really fortunate because for me, even when I'm teaching these programs, I always learn something new. <laughs> Absolutely. And I and I think as soon as you think you know, you know it all, you probably have something to learn.
0: It's I think it's, it goes back to what uh, an eighth grade teacher told me one time, and it took me forever to – I thought the guy was crazy. He said, the more you know, the more you know you don't know.
1: Yeah. You know what? I think there's a – there's definitely some truth to that. So um, we'll obviously in the show notes share information of Claim because I'm sure people are going to want to be able to uh, follow what you're doing. Is, is that the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, absolutely. Okay. So we'll make sure to share that. But Howard, really appreciate you taking the time to share your journey. Hopefully it'll help other people and inspire them to see the same growth that you've seen. And thanks again for joining me.
0: And thank you. and Have a great day.
1: Howard has truly built an amazing business, and these guys are growing like you wouldn't believe. Let me give you a quick recap of some of the biggest things that I think you can put to work in your business. First, constantly evaluate what is and is not working and help your team adapt, and if necessary, adapt your systems and processes to adjust. Second, don't underestimate the connection between customer experience, marketing, and the customer's journey in your sales cycle. Howard's team has embraced a very active website and content strategy, and I love the fact that they don't worry about the competition. Rather, he focuses on his clients. I love that one piece of advice when he says you'll come to a critical juncture on sales, content, experience and seek out guidance to ensure you can bring your sales team to the next level. It's nice of him to say that, but that doesn't just apply to sales. In every aspect of your business, you're not always going to have the answers and sometimes you can rely on expertise of others. And I love when he says the more you know, the more you know how much you don't know. This show gets the direction from you, the listener. If you know someone I should have as a guest on the show, or you have a topic you'd like for me to cover, please just fire me an email at ian.altman at growmyrevenue.com. And of course, there's a ton of additional content on growmyrevenue.com. We go a lot deeper on a lot of these issues. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer.
0: Thank you for joining us each week for the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman, unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Be sure to subscribe to our program on iTunes or Stitcher. Don't miss Ian's weekly newsletter and be a part of the conversation on growmyrevenue.com and via Twitter at Grow My Revenue.